Today, I'm joined by Brian Jong and Philip Wong, co-founders of the premium personal care brand Hawthorne, on a mission to improve the quality, innovation, and accessibility of men's personal care. Brian and Philip have created truly an incredible brand. So keep listening for more all about this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, as I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to welcome our guests for today, Brian and Philip. Best friends since the age of 12, Brian and Philip are also the co-founders of the personal care brand Hawthorne. When they launched the brand in 2016, they had first set out to disrupt the men's fragrance market, which had remained largely static, but quickly realized what else had been missing from the market was premium yet accessible skincare, body care, and self-care products for men. Hawthorne is tailored to every individual's preferences, and what I especially love is its sleek aesthetic, masculine but understated and clean, so that anyone, regardless of gender, can find their products of choice. It comes as no surprise with Brian's background in digital product development and Philip's experience as a visual designer and director that Hawthorne is as chic as it is effective. It's a brand I personally use and love and now cannot wait to rediscover with you all. So Brian, Phil, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks so much for having us, Lakesh. So guys, I asked the same question to all my guests. I'm, I'm going to ask you guys, but I'll start with uh, Brian first. So Phil, you have a bit of time to think about your answer. Um, who... In a nutshell, is Brian. I think uh, Phil will describe me as the business guy because um, Phil obviously focuses on the creative and brand side, and I kind of kind of fill in the pieces. I mean, I see myself as someone who's always trying to create new experiences, whether they're physical, product related, um, or digital. And you know, I just like to be a team player. Um, whatever it takes to make a, a vision come to life, oftentimes it's you know Phil's grand vision. And you know, obviously, um, I think that my background in digital product development, as well and just general again business stuff, as Phil likes to call it, um, yeah. kind of helps to to uh, create my identity and my role in the company, which is you know um, setting the kind of logistical and the tactical um, roadmap for the company. Amazing. I love it. And, and Phil, the stage is yours. Who in a nutshell are you? Who's Phil? Um, Phil is a, uh, you know, true New Yorker to the bone. Um, someone who's very inspired by his surroundings. Uh, someone who's very inspired by, you know, the kind of cultural and ethnic identities I, I grew up with and around. Someone who romanticizes the future a lot, I think. Someone who likes to visualize, you know, how can things be better? What will things look like in the future? Um, someone who's very aesthetically driven, someone who's uh, very relentless in his pursuits, um, someone who won't stop until something's done. So 
I guess that could describe me. And someone who's the coolest person in the world. <laughs> I love that. This is like when you know your, your, your friends, when you pick each other up. Uh, I, I kind of want to start at that, guys. I want to kind of know how you guys met. Uh, I mean, you've been friends for since a, a long time. Um, yeah, tell us, tell us about the, that, that story. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give a story and I'll let Phil kind of fill in the gaps. Um, so we've known each other since we were in grade school. We met when we were, I think, 11 or 12 years old. And I think we became really close friends um, because we just had similar interests. We liked basketball and sneakers and skateboarding and all that stuff. And we were really into streetwear. Streetwear, We still are. We're very much children of the New York streetwear scene. And I think while we were in high school, um, I always saw like kind of the designs and Phil was always doodling and drawing and part of the yearbook and, you know, part of different kind of creative endeavors at, at school. And I was like, and we were buying, you know, these Supreme shirts and these, you know, other streetwear brands. And I was like, you know, we got to get Phil stuff on this. Like, I think our perspective um, allows us to provide a a different uh, angle to kind of the streetwear space, which was largely, you know, like illustrated in graphic tees at the time. And so at the end of high school, um, we actually started a streetwear brand together. Phil doesn't like to talk about it because like, just like I don't like people looking at my Excel models from when I was in high school, uh, not that I was building Excel models in high school, but maybe right out of college. Um, but yeah, we, we kind of said, you know, with our multicultural background, with our New York upbringing, we're both, you know, born and raised in New York. Um, I think we have a unique perspective that we can provide uh, to this space that we were consumers in and that we love so much. And not to give everything away, but that was kind of the same type of approach um, as we approached the fragrance and personal care market uh, 10 years later. So. Yeah, I mean, same story. That's, it's, it's, and it's cool like that you guys have tried a venture in the past as well, um, that, you know, you have that kind of experience of how to work with each other. Obviously that was when you're a bit younger, but, uh, I guess the, uh, good learnings from that. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about, I think more, I want to focus on the Hawthorne because I think there's so much in there that I think is, is so excited to delve into the, the branding, the, the aesthetic, I think now totally makes sense hearing about your kind of backgrounds and, and interest in streetwear and design. Because for me, when I looked at your website for the first time, I felt like I was on this like super cool website for a drop of like a new, like, I don't know, some kind of like very exclusive drop. So um, is that is that something like, I'm just curious, before we go into the story of Hawthorne, did you ever see this synergy in what that kind of trend design aesthetic edge that has been quite in-depthly ingrained into streetwear and fashion for so long in beauty growing up. Like, I mean, did you see that? I mean, I don't think we look at it as a trend. I think I think that's just kind of what we live, what we breathe um, on the daily. So it's kind of all we know. And that's something we yeah. aspire to, you know, uh, be a part of every day. So I think it just kind of came naturally. I think even from the start, you know, we we saw that gold rush of, you know, startups coming out the gate and they had yeah. this very minimal setup as well. But, um, you know, we kind of kept saying like, hey, there's there's so much more character, so much more sensibility we can add to this space. And so I think just naturally, you know, we we kind of went there and, and we've been building on that ever since. Cool. Yeah, I, I think it's something that for me, uh, I make, I've done 300 podcasts now with different brands and I haven't seen a brand like Hawthorne. So for me, it's really exciting to see uh, a place where uh, I feel like, I can, yeah, feel creative, be creative and, and experience that in your, in your ecosystem, you're building. So let, let's talk about, I guess, the first, 
thing to talk about is how you guys um, decided to, um, hey, let's, 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 you know, round two, let's create another brand. And then, A, let's call it Hawthorne. Like, what's the story behind that? I think uh, the creation story of Hawthorne is like very simple, I think, but very beautiful. Um, just like when we were high school students and we felt like we can provide a unique perspective with our backgrounds around streetwear and clothing and then created a streetwear brand that did t-shirts, hats, hoodies, accessories, et cetera. As consumers of first the fragrance space, but also the personal care space, Phil and I were very much, you know, um, we admired and we were consumers of a lot of these brands that we looked up to and still look up today. So Grown Alchemist, which I know was, has been on your podcast, um, Le Labo, Aesop, Byredo. These are all brands that, you know, were, um, I'd say, analogous or part or attached in some way to the streetwear industry but not necessarily part of the streetwear industry. And so we love these products, the scents, the smells of them, the, the feel of them, how they made our skin felt, our hair felt, um, hair feel. And we kind of sat back. I remember sitting in Phil's apartment one day and he was like, oh, I just got this new Comme des Garçons fragrance. And I smelled it and it was so unique and different from the stuff that I was wearing at the time. <clears throat> the stuff that I was wearing at the time, which was, you know, in a mez fragrance, and, um, and I had just gotten from my girlfriend at the time and now my wife, um, a fragrance from by Killian called Bamboo Harmony. And I was like, yo, I just actually got this as a gift and I wanted you to smell it. And he smelled it and he was like, this is incredible, right? Like, I want to get this right now. And we go online to buy it and we see, I forget what it was, like $350 or something crazy. And we're like, you know, we did not have the money. <laughs> You know, um, and so we kind of just started talking at that moment and being like, hey, like, you know, the the way that these fragrances make us feel and, you know, the the brands that they're creating, we think we can provide something uh, unique and different here, I think, with our multicultural AAPI and New York backgrounds. And so I think that that was kind of the impetus of uh, the idea back. I think it was um, it might have been the summer of 2015 when we first started to think about it. So. Um, and I'll let Phil kind of fill in, uh, and then I could talk a little bit about the name uh, and where it came from. Yeah. Just to echo Brian a little bit, I think, um, it was really that moment and catalyst that I think made us realize like, Hey, like we really love these products so much. We've always loved analogous products as well, but why, why is it so, um, inaccessible in a way and, and hard to understand, hard to explore, hard to discover great, great smelling, great quality, great aesthetic, you know, products should be a little more available, just like just like the streetwear products. I mean, you might not be able to actually buy it, you know, there might be a crazy drop, you know, in the morning, there it might be limited um, capacity. But, um, you know, at least you can get these t shirts, you can get these jeans, you can get whatever you, you can get get a part of it. Um, so I think we wanted to bring that part of it to, you know, a, a bigger audience, larger audience, larger consumer base. And so that just started us, you know, throwing stuff at the wall. Like, hey, like what we really want to do is, uh, you know, try and try and find what experience really uh, that brought confidence and comfortability to these these uh, male consumers. So, you know, is it a quiz? Is it a gaming experience? Is it uh, mm. some live action, you know, vending machine kind of situation? Yeah, we, we tried it all and we demoed it all. Um, and yeah, I think I think we just really attacked it, you know, layer by layer. We had that initial thought of let's revolutionize this this retail experience and we just kept trying 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 and that's kind of what led us to you know 
launch. Awesome. That's, I mean, I, so now, I mean, Brian, you were saying the, the name. Uh, tell me about it. I'm so curious, the name. Yeah, so, so the name Hawthorne, it, it's pretty straightforward for us. So one, our first brand that we had, um, it wasn't clear exactly how to pronounce it. So we wanted uh, something that was familiar and easy to pronounce. So that was like the first criteria. Um, and then secondly, we wanted something that had an air of sophistication that felt elevated because that's what we were trying to do. We were trying to create an elevated experience, brand, ingredients, product, scent, et cetera, um, and make that, uh, communicate that clearly in the name. Yet we didn't want it to be polarizing or we didn't want it to be, I guess, stuffy um, or snooty. And so we kind of went through a bunch of different options there. And then the third criteria that we had was we wanted to be fragrance related. We wanted it to be scent related. Mm. Uh, we understood that fragrance was our DNA, was going to be the DNA of this brand. Um, and it was very important to all the products that we create. And hopefully, you know, as you've experienced our products, you've noticed, you know, that our body wash not only is really gentle on the skin and doesn't dry it out, but also, you know, has this amazing scent uh, and provides that experiential mm. shower that, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, is unique. And so fragrance related was super important. So easy to pronounce, sophisticated, yet not stuffy and fragrance related. And so um, we came up with, I don't know, it might have been 200, 300 different options, all different fragrance related stuff. Um, and we landed on Hawthorne. So context is Hawthorne. Some people know from Nathaniel Hawthorne. Maybe we read him in, in, in college or high school or whatever. But Hawthorne actually, the surname Hawthorne comes from uh, the Hawthorne tree that produces the Hawthorne berry. So surname Hawthorne means man uh, or person by the Hawthorne tree. And it's actually an ingredient that's used in a lot of base notes in our fragrances and also a lot of maybe some of um, your and, you know, the, the industry's favorite uh, fragrances out there. And alone, it's actually not a great smell. Uh, it might smell like, you know... Um, some people say it smells like burned bark or even burned skin, which is, I don't know what that smells like, but gross. But it's, it, it provides an incredible um, uh, a base layer and mixed with certain ingredients um, just provides kind of a unique touch to a lot of these fragrances that it's in. So um, that's kind of where we came up with the name. That's, uh, I love it. I, I, see, I, this is why I asked that question because I learned something new and, and uh, I knew a little bit about Nathaniel Hawthorne, but not a lot. So I'm going to do some research later. Uh, I, was, I was more of a scientist in school, not a very good uh, reader or historian. But um, yeah, that's, it's cool to know. <laughs> um, and one thing I would love to know a little bit is that, okay, you started the brand, you, you, you had the name. What how did you guys decide like what would be your hero skews to start with or your launch skews? Because, you know, there's sometimes limited financial, like, you know, budgets at the beginning, you've got to like choose what to start with. And yeah. What did you, what did you guys decide? Yeah. So on the fragrances side, I think it was really simple. So first we needed a, a, what we call the fragrance palette or initial um, number of fragrances that we felt um, that inspired us, you know, frankly, that just kind of moved us um, emotionally, that obviously, you know, our friends enjoyed. Um, we, the, the context behind this that I think is helpful to know is, you know, we were at that time, two kids, no experience in the industry, just consumers from the space. And we found a way to um, get an introductory meeting with Jivaran, which is one of the largest fragrance houses in the world. You know, they produce a lot of, you know, um, 
big brands fragrances. So, you know, the the Gucci's or the Dior's or the Polo's or the Tom Ford's, et cetera. And so we're sitting in this high rise midtown um, uh, building, office building and meeting with um, uh, an executive there and kind of pitching our story. We had a couple slides, you know, no prototypes, nothing other than that. And the amount of support that we received um, from all levels in the organization, all departments was astounding to us. And I think we immediately felt uh, that we had true partners there. And we kind of went to them and said, you know, what we're trying to create is making fragrances more accessible to people who might not be frag heads, you know, the equivalent of sneaker heads. And uh, I think that, you know, we kind of went into expectation being like, we'll take your scraps. We'll take whatever, like the rejects from the big brands. And they immediately were like, no, we want you to work with our two top perfumers, our two executive perfumers, Olivier Gilotin and uh, Rodrigo Floresru, who have won multiple Fragrance Foundation Fifi Awards and, you know, who've created for some of the biggest brands. And we were just shocked. And so I think we felt immediately a comfort level because we had those experts, uh, those perfumers who were going to guide us and tell us and show us. Um, what was a quality fragrance and a fragrance that was differentiated and unique. And so then we kind of had to provide our input from that point forward is, as I said, things, uh, fragrances that we felt kind of inspired us that spoke to um, our backgrounds and our heritage and, you know, our upbringing. And we also wanted to make sure that, you know, fragrances is obviously a very um, personalized experience. We wanted to make sure that we hit some of the big buckets. And so, uh, in, in the fragrance industry, a lot of people will, um, will break down fragrances as a fragrance wheel uh, and will have across the wheel like citrus fragrance, green fragrances, dry woods, sweet woods, you know, um, they just changed the name uh, to ambers, um, florals, et cetera. And so we kind of looked at that spectrum and said, you know, we probably need at least five fragrances to start, maybe five to ten. Uh, to get this off of the bat uh, and to make sure we're hitting some of those buckets so we can serve the the unique needs. Um, now we have over uh, close to 30 different fragrances. Um, and so we've kind of really created those ex- experiences. But for us, I think, you know, it was sense that emotionally moved us. And then it was also, you know, taking the guidance of these expert perfumers who kind of, you know, um, provide us with uh, their um, expertise and also the other thing I'll add in there, it's really interesting, is um, the fragrance industry, it's no secret that there are huge margins, right? What goes inside of the bottle is a fraction of what they spend on the packaging and what they spend on uh, even a smaller part of what they spend on marketing. And so we felt comfortable going in there and saying, we're going to kind of turn this on, on its head and say, perfumers, you guys are artists. You guys perceive yourself as artists. Use whatever type of paint you want right? Use the best paint, you know, and equivalent to that was, you know, use whatever ingredients, what raw materials, or let's say captives, which are um, certain types of expensive uh, synthetics that, that capture a certain scent that naturals can't. And we gave them that kind of open, open palette. Uh, and, you know, what we feel like we've been able to create are fragrances that are uh, incredibly mass appealing, but also um, are differentiated and unique. Uh, and, you know, that's, that kind of was our goal. And it's amazing how um, you're able to, you know, move from the fragrance world, which often people 
um, like my dad is in fragrances for 40 years, right? And so he's created a lot of fragrances from uh, mainly like a licenses, like celebrity fragrances and other sort of fragrances. Um, but he hasn't made the migration into other categories because um, it, it's not easy. But you guys saw that there is actually such a connection and why, why shouldn't it be and created incredible body, hair, face, home products um, that are also premised around scent. So what what was that turning point for you to be like, well, we see it more than just a fragrance brand. Well, I think I think this dates back to you know middle school, high school, even when we met. Um, you know, in addition to kind of the streetwear, skateboarding connection, um, you know, we both were also always trying these different products, and and we talk about it, which is very atypical, you know, for the relationship of a you know guy to guy. You know, back in the day, I don't think that was really even any anywhere anywhere close to a topic of conversation. Um, you know, with guys back then, so. You know, in a similar way that fragrance really, you know, we, we view that as like the finishing touch to your outfit, you know, that's it's really kind of that that final touch in the same way. It's like we look at face cleansers, lotions, uh, body wash, like all those things really add up to, to make you feel that way. Ultimately, so I think it was just kind of a natural progression, like, hey, like we've tackled kind of the hardest thing we can in fragrance, you know, at, at sitting on that top shelf of, of products, if you kind of look at it that way this kind of the most understood, like hard to shop for product. Like we, we've nailed that. Like, but now let's go get everything else, you know? So yeah, our first foray into, um, the rest of those products was, was body. So started with body wash, bar soap and deodorant, you know, just really just building blocks, um, to what we kind of thought of as just like your baseline routine, all, all kind of culminating into the top of, of fragrance. And, and I'm good because I have you here as well. I need to talk about the branding and the design because for me it's one of my favorite parts of the brand is uh just i can stare at all day um so i feel like that's a big part of your your role philip um as you know chief creative officer so tell us about how like how did you yeah how did you how did you do it <laughs> yeah i mean i i think from the start i really approached it in a similar vein to you know a, a fashion brand or you know music merch or or any, any of the kind of products I'd worked on in the past, I think it had to have a very special feeling to it and depth, but also while staying super minimal, super clean, you know, I, I don't want something that was too loud, um, something that was, you know, overbearing. But yeah, I mean, I, I approach it like any of those other product uh, projects. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think going to design school, being a type nerd uh, like yourself and kind of being in, in different spaces, you know, along the way, I think working in streetwear, then in fashion, yep. uh, kind of just observing, you know, what goes into that thought process as far as making a successful fashion product. It's not only like trend worthy, but timeless at the same time. I think that was always our intent because yeah. uh, you want staying power. You know, you don't want to be the splash in the pan, you know, that maybe maybe dissipates in a, in a few months. Um, you know, you, you really want to take a stand and you want to be you want to have a backbone. And you need, and especially today in, in the industry where there's so many products, and you want to have that point of differentiation. Also, talking about that is a sort of how to to last. And you know, you, you guys launched 2016, but then obviously the pandemic, and then um, how has retail been a big part of kind of Hawthorne's journey? And, and where are you currently distributed today? Yeah. You know, so, as a business guy, I can answer this question. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, in terms of um, retail strategy. So we were DTC for the first five years of the business. And I think we found yeah. the advantages of DTC to be particularly beneficial for our consumer 
of someone who maybe has, you know, upgraded their style, spends a lot on their clothes, cares about their aesthetic and how they present themselves from a clothing standpoint, but maybe was still using the bottle of Aqua Digio that their aunt got them in high school um, five or 10 years later, right? And so uh, providing an online-based experience and at that time, a quiz-only based experience that you answered a couple questions about yourself and then we recommended you your uh, fragrances, your... Um, personal care, shower, uh, hair care, skin care, et cetera, needs. Um, that, was in, that was, I think, uh, compelling for a lot of these customers because they didn't want to go into a Sephora. They didn't want to go into a department store. They didn't feel comfortable there. And frankly, you know, I work in this industry and I can say, I think, pretty confidently that, you know, for my type of shopping behavior, which is more, hey, I want something that works and I want something that works for me, that those shopping experiences are not aligned or not created for my shopping behavior, my shopping rhythms. Uh, and so that online-only experience, you could do it from the comfort of your couch. You didn't have to talk to you know, a sales associate or someone who's trying to push a particular fragrance on you, I think was super compelling. I think as we grew and especially as we expanded into those everyday products, right? So those products that you use a lot of, you run out and you have to replenish, um, we, we created an online experience to kind of simplify that called smart replenishments that used your data to kind of predict when you would run out of something like, you know, a shampoo or something like a face cleanser, which, you know, on paper, it's something that you use every day or twice a day, you run out of, and you have to replenish, but nobody knows when you're going to run out of it. Right. And so we kind of took a stab at that and had a lot of success in growing a very large subscription program. I think the next step naturally was to make this product uh, accessible from a distribution standpoint, right? Accessibility has always been one of our foundational points. And we just kind of looked at, you know, the retailers out there and where our customers shopping, talking to a lot of them, uh, and then seeing, you know, where uh, our types of products, those aisles in which retailers um, are growing and so our first retail partners we launched with um, were Essence, the online retailer, and Nordstrom, uh, both in-store and online. And I think those experiences were super awesome for us. I think we learned a lot from them. And, you know, we've continued to grow like the Nordstrom business is year over year 2x uh, from our first year last year when we launched it. And so um, and then, you know, uh, a couple months ago, I think we started to think about, you know, Where's a place where people frequent, you know, maybe a couple times um, uh, uh, a year, maybe a couple times um, a month, maybe even. And that kind of led us to a really great conversation with Target. And so we launched our um, everyday kind of products. So shampoo, conditioner, body wash, face cleanser, face lotion into Target um, uh, last year. And it's been, you know, kind of fantastic from a business perspective. And also our consumers have loved it as well. I mean, just on that, because um, I had a few podcasts recently where we were discussing about going to a huge major retailer and then the, the difference in how your company will need to be structured to, to gear up for it, right? And to be ready for it. Have you, did you see a big change in how like going into a huge, you know, that many distributed doors, you had to grow the team accordingly? Or could you be quite agile, nimble? Like how was that change? Yeah, I mean, we, we're, we've continued to be an agile uh, team and, you know, try to try to do the most uh, with what we have. As you have pointed out in, you know, some of the other um, 
episodes that you've done with other folks. Yeah, it's it's a completely different ball game doing the wholesale retail game. And you need to have the right resources and the right people in place, whether they're, they're in-house or whether they're advisors or whether they're yeah. um, agencies and stuff. And so uh, when we started the retail journey, um, the first thing we did was we went out to our network. We asked our investors, who's great in retail, who has experience? And we got three or four um, retail-focused advisors or, or founders who had, you know, expanded their brands into retail. One of which um, has been on your podcast, Divya from uh, Wonder yes. Beauty, and so Maybe. she's an investor and advisor company that kind of helped us navigate, like, okay, what does the company look like, and um, how do you work with certain types of retailers um, and going from D to C. And so that was kind of the first step. And then as we launched it, we've had to hire people um, and then also bring on, um, you know, freelancers and agencies to help us manage and grow those businesses. That's super exciting. And, and yeah, there's a lot more on the horizon, I'm sure. I do want to ask both of you, maybe whoever wants to take it first, um, what are some of like the biggest highlights, or like the biggest highlight, I guess, if you want to, um, on the journey so far that you're really proud of looking back? I mean, there's so many, you know, I think, I think first and foremost, just like being grateful that I'm able to work with Brian every day. That's like insane. You know, like, I mean, yeah. I think both, I mean, I'm sure everyone, you know, we've all worked for maybe un- unsavory, you know, super uh, supervisors or, or situations yeah, or people. Um, but I think yeah. being able to kind of like take our, you know, destiny into our, our own hands from the start, um, me and Brian every day. Like that's, that's amazing. Um, but I think, I think also, yeah, it's like, there's, there's been so many milestones. I think launching that first group of five fragrances, like there was nothing like that, you know, that, that feeling of really putting a product out there, whether it's like, you know, your music or, you know, artwork or street, like whatever it is, like putting in a physical product out in the market, there's no feeling like that. I think getting our offices too, even the first office ever we had, like, I'd never had my own office before in my life. Um, that was that was a new journey, you know, a place that we could congregate, we could, you know, bring team members into, we could bring friends into, we could really, you know, have it reflect uh, the company, the business. Yeah, I think w- being able to work with uh, some notable brand partners as well. I remember we worked with a couple NBA players, like Brian said before, we're huge basketball fans. So um, cool. Zach Zach Levine on the Bulls, and then Kelly Oubre, I think, is now on the Hornets. But um, yeah, yeah, that's that was that was definitely a trip. You know, really so fun. And yeah, I, I think the hope is that you know those those experiences, those highlights, keep coming. Well, I'm I'm going to get to you, Brian, but I want to ask you both: who, who is your, what is your team? The, the Knicks all day in New York. Knicks. I was going to say Knicks, right? Okay, the same. Yeah. I, no I didn't want to assume, yeah. but I was like, okay, when I'm next in New York, which I come all the time, we're going to go see. If, uh, no, it's finished now, right? It's the finals. Yeah, in, in the, the fall. So when in I come the fall, when I'm there, we're going to go see a Knicks game. That's like Let's we have do to it. do that. Let's do it. Yeah. I know I'm wearing I, I, black and white, the the Nets colors, but I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, I, we're Knicks fans through and through. Yeah, to the to the bone. And I, I love NBA. I mean, I, I literally just just literally yesterday, I was it's on my bed right now. I was just I have a, all my NBA cards. I was just going through and you know, like the jersey ones that you get. And I'm from London, so for me, that's a big deal that I collected NBA cards. You know, yeah. So I I I I feel you. So I know exactly the the feeling when you get to have like one of your like you know your passions come into your business as well, and it's like 
and it also when it makes commercial sense too it's like a double-edged sword like yes it's perfect so it's not just it's just not it's not just ego and passion but it's also like it's commercially viable let's do it so <laughs> i love it um and, and brian how about you some of your milestone memories yeah i mean i think as phil was saying some of those bigger partnerships that we've done across you know sports music um food etc and i think to go deeper into that I'm just really proud of the community that the brand has been able to organically create. Um, some of these bigger names that we've worked with, like Phil mentioned, like Zach Levine and you know Tyrod Taylor, who's on the New York Giants football player. And I remember when we got like a shout out um, in like a New York Mag article from Steph Curry that kind of came out of nowhere. It was like, oh, like I love Hawthorne body wash. Like that's a product that I can't live with, uh, that I, I can't live without. And I was just like, whoa, you know, like. And so I think our community, um, both across our interests and then also like, you know, our AIPI community, like is ride or die for us. They come out for us all the time. It's a great community of not just customers, but also founders um, that that we've been very um, support. We've felt very supported by. And then, you know, I think that the other thing that, you know, when you talk about like big milestones or big uh, uh, moments that we're proud of. So uh, we've had this tradition um, where I wouldn't even call it tradition, but it kind of became one where uh, every time we had, we were celebrating something, uh, Phil's dad would show up to the office with like a magnum no of champagne and we like haven't opened any of them. And so according to that, we've had six big milestones in, Wait, in Hawthorne because we have six, we have six giants. <laughs> Um, champagne bottles um, from from Phil's dad. And so um, I won't go through all six of them. But the last thing I would say, and one of the things that, you know, I've been just very grateful for and has been, I think, surprising to me in this journey has been all the people that um, come out for us, you know, that support us, like all these people that you wouldn't think you know, you wouldn't expect like, oh, I'm doing this for the first time. We don't have any experience in personal care fragrances. You know, how are we going to do this? Like so many people along the way have dedicated their time, their advice, their networks um, for to help us get to where where we are. And and I think that um, that's something that we were surprised at, that how many people just genuinely care about us and are willing to help us. And, you know, I mentioned uh, Divya, but you know, a lot of other kind of folks along the way, many of whom have been on your podcast. I remember, um, we had a conversation or two conversations with, um, with Bobby Brown. And that was just so insightful for us. Cause we were like, we're thinking, I forget what product it was, but we were like, we're thinking about it completely wrong, you know? And she just was like, yeah, I just, you know, want to help you guys. I want to help the next generation of, of creators and founders. Oh. And that's what I, I completely understand what you mean. Cause like for me, like, uh, when, when creating the brand, I, I've never obviously created a beauty brand before and it felt, and I was the pandemic. So I felt so lonely and didn't really know fully like what I was doing. Um, like I still don't, but you know, that's normal. And then, uh, yeah, I had this idea of like, well, uh, it was a secret way to be like, no one really makes time for you unless like, like people do. But most of the time you're like, how about you talk about yourself for now? And then I can become your friend after, right? And that's what a podcast is. So then that's the only way then they get in your like vicinity. And then I was like, well, my duty now is, is like have it all connected. So I, I like to do these like founder meetups. It's kind of like when the founder comes on, they're part of like the crew now. So you'll, you are like, you know, I do a lot of like, BYOB events, like bring your own brand. So you guys are coming to all of them. And uh, we do, we did one in New York 
York and do like a painting class once. And then like a, whoever wanted to come in could come. But I, I want to take it a step further and like, uh, yeah, brainstorm with all of us. Like I don't want it to be created by like a company or like a, like a, a secondary arm. I want it to be made by us for us, like a sort of like YPO thing, but like for founders. Like that'd be so sick. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be in touch okay. and we'll brainstorm. That'd be fun. Because um, I think it's important, right? Uh, we all yeah. have a, a story to tell and stories to share and, and help each other. And um, we're all at different stages of the brand, but I think we can all learn from everyone. And I think that's the whole point of, of yeah, being a founder. It's, it's all sure. like that. So, um, so, I mean, before we go into fire round questions and start wrapping it up, I do want to ask the future of Hawthorne. Uh, maybe you can both share a little bit of like what's on the horizon from both of your remits that you can share. Uh, but bearing in mind, the podcast will probably be released in a few weeks, months or two months, two months. So maybe something might have been launched by then. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think on the business side, we're, you'll definitely see Hawthorne in uh, more retail stores. I won't say which. Um, maybe even right now we're US only. So maybe even somewhere near you, Okesh. Who knows? We'll see. So that's definitely a primary focus of mine right now. Um, and then I think, yeah, and Phil can talk more about this because kind of this is where he focuses on. But um, I think, you know, our focus is really just engaging with our community more. I think it's something that we, you know, have been surprised by. And I think with COVID, it was a little bit more difficult um, to, you know, speak to them and engage them and really activate that that passionate community that we have. And that's kind of our focus uh, moving forward of, you know, being community driven and um, community supported. And uh, one of the things that I think is unique about Hawthorne, and we talked a little bit about this, but Phil and I, you know, have very different skin types, have very different hair types, have very different uh, fragrance pr- preferences. Um, and I think that when making the brand and taking it from fragrances only and bringing it into skincare, personal care, hair care, et cetera, one of the amazing moments is when we launched in Target and we walked in uh, and we got to our aisle and we had our display in the front. And you see, you know, these, I think it was four or five different guys from, you know, different cultural, ethnic backgrounds. And you see products for their different needs that they have. And that was, I think, an incredible moment for us. And that was kind of like, wow. And also for Target too, I think working closely with Target to create that where for the first time ever uh, in the men's aisle, you had a uh, not just sulfate free, but non-foaming curl focus, curly and coily hair focused shampoo and conditioner. Um, And, you know, having that in that aisle for the first time was just awesome for them and for us just seeing it come to life. And so I think leaning into that, I think uh, diversity is um, in addition to fragrances, part of our DNA. And it's something that we're going to lean into serving diverse needs. Cause you know, the reality is that, you know, the modern guy has many and they're real diverse needs, right? Not all men's skin is thick, and oily as the industry has traditionally seen it, right? I had very sensitive, dry skin. The products that I initially used, like the Kiehl's men's line, No Shade to Kiehl's, it destroyed my skin, right? Because it was created for that quote-unquote men's skin type. And so we're just going to continue to push push the boundaries and and serve our diverse community. So that's kind of our focus, both with retailers and products. Philip, do you? Yeah, I think from the brand side, you'll see a lot of 
uh, I think us really doubling down on on our core identity and our upbringing. So, you know, that streetwear and design background, I think, you know, the first kind of six years, we were just really focused on creating the best products we could and, and serving, you know, like Brian said, these diverse needs, um, diverse scent preferences, um, all while kind of doing it in a very stylish but timeless way. Um, but I think, I think now you'll see a lot of that kind of actual brand story, the Phil and Brian story kind of come out um, and play. So I think you'll see that with the branding. You'll see that with, um, you know, kind of how we title the, the new products coming out. Um, you'll get a lot more kind of like flavor, I think, um, from our, from our upbringing. So still great products, still amazing products, but just a little bit of flair, a little bit of swag. Um, so yeah. Amazing. I'm excited. I'm really, and I'll make sure everyone like I'll put all the links and stuff so people can follow the journey, but I'm going to now go to fire around questions and I'll, I'll let you guys continue building your business and I'll wrap it up. But, um, before I do that, I have a desert island situation. So um, imagine I'm being very strict. Not on me. TSA is being strict. And you can only take one product with you to this desert island founded beauty retreat. Uh, what is your go-to product you're bringing from Hawthorne? And you can guys can choose different ones, right? Because you can share. So um, Brian, you go first. I like to say this, and it's very much true, and I think you'll feel it as well. Um, you'll, you'll agree with it as well as any founder does. But it's so hard because they're all my children, right? Like, how do you pick favorites amongst children? So, um, so as, as you've seen in this podcast so far, I'm like a hyper, maybe overdo it, like a hyper rational, like logical thinker, <laughs> uh, and and really like to break things down. So my criteria is um, that uh, I think it's probably scent related because you know. Um, I think I'll be able to, to keep relatively clean with the salt water and the whatever. And I don't, I mean, as I'm just one of the lucky, I think it's an East Asian thing, but I don't have body odor. So I think the water probably keep me there and keep me clean. I think I would have to take, oh man, I think I would have to take Mineral Wave, which was our most recent fragrance launch. Um, it was inspired and created um, by our creative director, creative director, Taylor Okata, who's from Hawaii. And what he tried to capture was like um, a day, uh, what it smells like to be um, after spending a day at the beach. And so I'll definitely be in that vibe on this, on this uh, situation, maybe. Uh, you said desert, desert oh, island, right? No water? That'll be a beach, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great answer. And also, I actually <laughs> was looking at that fragrance because uh, it was like your seasonal one, right? And I was like... It's good that you 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 said that because I didn't know that the, what the mineral wave like what, what the scent be like. But now hearing it, like it's after the day at the beach, and like it's created by your creative director. Yeah, it's like faded sunscreen, that. faded sunscreen, sea salt, um, some some light seaweed mm. notes. It just it's like when you're driving back from the beach and you have the yeah. windows down. Kind of what what this vibe smells like, and you know we're all about vibes. At uh, great answer, um, Phil. How about yourself? All right, desert island. It's hot, humid. I'm taking our ultra nourishing conditioner. Um, my hair gets super frizzy, you know, in the heat and the humidity. Um, this this ultra nourishing conditioner we formulated for curly, wavy, coily hair, etc. Um, it's actually like literally one of the best formulas I've ever used. Um, you leave it in for like a little bit, and your hair just feels silky smooth. It's like nice and nourished conditioned. Um, you almost like don't need any product in afterwards, but, um, yeah, that would have to be my number one. Smells amazing. Works amazing. Um, 
that's all you need. And the best thing is you guys can share. So you both, you've got each other covered, which is great. <laughs> so that's a, that's a great duo there. Um, so now five round questions, uh, three questions, and then I'll let you guys go. Um, so the first one is, um, and either one of you can answer whoever wants to start. Um, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving right now? Um, I got to give a shout out to um, our boy, David Yee, who runs Good Life. Yeah. Uh, incredible products, incredible um, person has been very supportive of our brand and just a great friend and his products are uh, awesome. So they're at Ulta now, which I think they're, they're expanding in Ulta as well. So people should. Yeah. I, I think I'm, uh, David's going to come on the podcast too. Uh, I think we've, we've arranged this. We're arranging it. So that's exciting. Very cool. Um, how about yourself, Phil? Yeah, for me, I've been really loving this brand called Manyo Factory um, for a while. Uh, But it's both a blessing and a curse because I think their formulas are so popular, they go on back order like every other month or so. So unless unless you've stocked up literally like six serums at a time, like you might be you might be out of luck for, you know, half a year. Um, But they make incredible, you know, skincare, incredible serums. Um, I think just on my skincare journey specifically that I found that like tea tree works really well with my skin. And so they use a variety of tea trees um, in their formulations um, and, and it all works really well. So in combination with, with Hawthorne products, I think uh, it's gold. I like that as well. Like thinking about like what also works in, in conjunction. That's a cool way of thinking too. Nice. Um, next question is what or where is your happy place? I'm always happy. So, but um I like to, uh, yeah. I picked up golf, uh, strangely in the, the pandemic. Cause I just wanted to be outside and I didn't really have any other sports to play outside. So, um, I try to get out there and, uh, I come from a big golfing family. So try to play with mom Very once nice. a week. So nice. stay out there when, when the company can't yeah. reach me except for Phil, cause everyone else is on do not disturb. <laughs> How about you, Phil? Yeah. I think before the pandemic started, you know, my happy place really was just working um it was just being able to just be in my zone designing new things uh whether it's typography imagery just like really anything like i just love designing stuff but i think um you know as i've kind of had more downtime more isolated time it's really just been just honestly just being out being social being around friends uh those are the people that inspire me you you know i think uh there's a lot of different people, walks of life in my circle. There's, you know, musicians, artists, writers. Um, they really, you know, fill my plate up with with good, inspiring things. So um, that's that's definitely my happy place. Amazing. And, and my last question, guys, is if you guys weren't creating a beauty brand and being beauty entrepreneurs right now, what would you both be doing? Whatever Phil wants to do. <laughs> Phil's my day one. So whatever we're creating next, uh, we've done it all. So. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's like a what is such a beautiful thing to say, by the way. Like that's like I love that. But I feel you got to say the same thing. Of course, the same thing. Yeah, of course. Um, but you know, I think if it wasn't a beauty or personal care product company, I think uh, maybe take you know the style that apparel, you know, fashion. Um, love that space. Um, maybe something that has to do with food. Um, we're both really big foodies, love, love food a lot. So, um, but who doesn't, you know, so I think, I think a lot of potential there. Um, and yeah, I think, I think just anything that we're able to kind of like deal with the product and deal with the, 
and consumer who is enjoying that product. I think that's really the bread and butter we have here. So oh, it's amazing. Well, guys, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you, hearing about the story and the journey. And for those that want to continue following, well, what are the best handles, website links? Uh, maybe Brian, you can let us know all of them. Yeah, hawthorne.co. So hawthorne with an E dot C-O is our website. Uh, follow us on Instagram at hawthorne with an E. And then on TikTok, um, at hawthorne.co. And, and your individuals, um, I'll put the links as well um, in the bio so people can follow you, your individuals. This is the Brian Jong and, and um, uh, Philip's, yours is? philiplong.co. philiplong.co. I'll put all the links in the, in the summary so people can just go tap straight away. And, uh, and maybe, you know, by the time we launch this, there'll be some new retailers. So also check out the store finder and see where Hawthorne's located near you guys. So thank you so much for making the time, guys. And looking forward to coming to New York and uh, we'll be uh, connecting and we'll go to NBA uh, next game. Yeah. We'll see you at MSG. Love it. We'll see you soon. hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music podcast the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network so be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.